All right, my friends, welcome to another episode of Mama to Mamas. Dre is smiling at me right now because I I know I just look really official with my headphones. I can't believe you haven't commented on them yet. (laughs) Did I show you my microphone? No, but I did get a quick glance of it. I actually thought it was a fan. (laughs) It's called a pop filter, Dre. Um, Dre is enjoying a cup of hot cocoa, just to set the scene for everybody, and a bowl of chocolate chips. And I'm in my closet once again on the floor. Um, I have a 10 p.m. pump deadline, so Dre and I are going to dive in, um, which is very fitting for what we're about to talk about. So quick intro for Andrea. She and I met our freshman year of college uh, in Santa Barbara because we joined the same sorority. Shout out to Theta. We spent most of our 20s together living in San Francisco and New York. Uh, Sometimes I think back on our New York days and I feel like a different person and can't believe that was us. Um, We have been having heart-to-hearts for many years on our long run to the Golden Gate Bridge, where I could never really keep up with Dre. (laughs) And I have her to thank for all of my maternity gear, all of my baby gear, really. The amount of bags of hand-me-downs that Dre so graciously gifted me is uh, just beyond. I lost count, so I have her to thank for so much of that. And... Um, she lives in Corte Madera with her husband and her two adorable girls, Bennett and Carter. So, Dre, my friend, thank you for being here on your first pod. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, okay, when I was thinking about what we were going to chat about, I had this vision of you and I when I came to visit you. And you had just moved to Tiburon. Bennett was like a month old. And we wanted to walk around the block. And... <laughs> For the life of us, neither one of us could decompress that bassinet. Yep. You would like like, what I did. (laughs) And I was just thinking about that vision. And it's such a perfect, like, new mom and her non-mom friend, like, (laughs) trying so hard to understand baby gear. (laughs) You had also just met Patrick. Yes. Yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. I had. It was like three weeks into dating. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Good memory. Um, so anyways, I just thought that was such a funny memory. And like, I personally now have spent, even still, I struggle with that damn up a baby stroller trying to de-latch it and decompress it and put it in the, in the proper position. So anyways, if you're out there and you are trying to understand baby gear, just know as a first time mom, you're not alone. And we've all been there. (laughs) Oh, I do not miss that. (laughs) Okay. So first topic to dive into tonight is um, I want to start with your birth experience. Let's start start at square one. Um, And one thing I've been thinking a lot about um, is how your birth experience, it can really affect how you are in those first few months as a first time mom. I think, you know, we all go into birth, like trying to repair as much as possible and it doesn't go according to plan and birth can be very traumatic. And, you know, speaking for myself, I think the way that Maddox is born, very small, having to give him glucose gel formula, pricking his heel, me having a retained placenta, which did not know what that was until I've been giving birth, having to go to the OR, having to potentially get a DNC. Like there was so much that took me by surprise. And I feel like that Trump, trauma I think everyone experiences trauma in different levels um but there's no like better or worse but 
like it totally affected those first few months for me of like my anxiety because I didn't feel like it went that smooth. So I want you and specifically let's just start with your first because I know I think your first is just like takes you by a lot of surprise. Tell us about your first birth experience and how that might have affected like those early days of being a first time mom. Yeah, totally. So I had my first child in July of 2018 and I had a, um, a DVT. So I had a blood clot when I was like 23, I think. So all throughout the pregnancy, I had to give myself Lovenox blood thinner shots. And then at 36 weeks, I have to switch to heparin twice a day because it like gets out of your system faster and they can regulate it better. And then because of all of that, I had to get induced at 39 weeks. So I go in for my induction Sunday night. Nothing really happens. They start inducing me. That was, it was Sunday at 5 p.m. was when I checked in. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing happened. Pitocin, all of that for Sunday through Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some sort of balloon, which I honestly don't even remember. Oh, yeah. I've heard of the balloon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had some sort of balloon. It wasn't working. When I had the balloon in, I couldn't fully pee. So I finally had to tell them because I was like shaking and kind of convulsing that I had so much urine and I couldn't pee. So then finally they took it out. Then I peed an entire liter of pee once that was out. And then you didn't have a catheter. Not at that point. Okay. And I was so uncomfortable. So then that was Sunday night to Tuesday morning. Finally at Tuesday morning, I'm six centimeters dilated. So they, um, break my water, but between that morning and like 3 PM, I hadn't moved the baby. My baby was sideways. So she wasn't helping like make dilate me at all. And then she was also sunny side up. So I was back laboring. So at like 4 PM, they told me you're probably going to need a C-section because like this baby is not coming naturally. I think I cried for like 30 seconds. I called my mom and my sister. I cried and then I like back labored again. And I was like, just get this baby out of me. But that I didn't end up having her till 4.54 because there were so many other people who went before me because they're them or their babies were in distress. And thankfully mine weren't. I felt that I was in distress, but like my life was not at risk, which I was obviously very thankful for. But I was throwing up, convulsing. It was awful. So finally go into the OR, but I have the epidural. I'm like super out of it. Um, I already had so much medication in me and then they had to give me all the anesthesia for a C-section. All I remember is like the anesthesiologist, like trying to calm me down. Cause yeah. I, I, and like, I guess Bobby was in there. I, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at 4.54, I had a C-section. Um, and I had let's a- See, I love that you remember the time. This is what an imprint it makes. Oh yeah. I, I had a healthy baby and I was so thankful, but I was in a terrible state. Um, yeah, it was awful. Like I was so, I mean, reasonably so (laughs) after six days or four days in. Well, and then, and then you stay. So I was there for Sunday to Tuesday, Sunday night to Tuesday night. And then you stay for another four days. So we were almost in the hospital for a full week. And then, obviously having a c-section is major surgery and then putting breastfeeding on top of that and everything I was just like a hot mess 
That was my second. It was great. It was night and day different because I had a planned C-section. I walked right in. I got to choose the music. Bobby was there. It was every single person in the room was a female doctor. Like it was just night and day. I got up on the, I got up on the, um, the operating table. I like sat right in. It was lovely. Granted, I feel like C-section was supposed to be noon and I didn't have her till like 4.30. I think it was 4.32, but, um, but yeah, I like watched Parenthood. Like, I was like, this is great. Just, like, literally sat there, like, waiting to have a baby. Like, totally my thumbs. Well, that's the beauty, I feel like, of once you go through it once, you're able to just – your headspace, I feel like, is – it can't not be different for the second because you know what the heck birth and labor is. And for you, having that comforting feeling of, like, the plan, right? Like, this is the plan. I'm going to act according to the plan. Everything feels good. Like, was able to just make you have a much better experience. Well, and like knowing I could plan for my oldest daughter was was like mentally very good. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Just to revisit like the incredibly traumatic first time. Do you feel like, how do you feel like that affected like those first few months? Like for me, I felt like I was like, it took so long to come out of the fog. So just like, tell me about like those first few months and like the fact that you were there for a week and things unfolded the way that they did how do you think that affected you so I think what I didn't realize affected me were the pain medication Mm. so they gave me fentanyl Mm -hmm. which is like a serious drug serious drug yeah and I had that for a little bit and then I literally think I had a withdrawal from it but I didn't realize because like I don't know what that is right but there were a few times postpartum where I was, like, sweating, I was cold, I, like, couldn't stop shivering, I almost had to be, like, put to bed, and now when the second time around, when they asked me if I wanted it, I was, like, absolutely not, I did not like the way that that made me feel, Yeah. Um. but in the moment with my first, I didn't put two and two together, Yeah. Um. but I just think, like, I just had such a hard time. And I think part of it was because we moved when she was three oh, yep. months old. Pro and, tip, don't move with your first yeah. baby within two weeks of having your baby. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I think it was just a lot of different things. And like recovering from a C-section is obviously very, very intense. I mean, recovering from labor in general. Um, but a C-section is is a lot as well. And so I, I mean, I for sure had postpartum depression like for sure I it like my husband didn't know if I was gonna laugh or cry yeah like all the time yeah and I didn't either and I think it's because like you live your life in these like three hour blocks and like days are so slow but then they go by so fast and then you're like this fog and you just hope you get outside and we were in a new place and I wasn't comfortable there and like I didn't know people and so you just like isolate even more and you're like, how am I supposed to take care of this baby? Like what is yeah. happening? So there's just like so many things where you're like, huh? Yeah. And like the fact that they just like let you go with a baby, like still blows my mind. I know. Yeah. I'll never, you know, like I'll never forget the like trying to put the baby in the car seat and you're like, I, I don't know how to do this. Like, <laughs> can I, can I get him from point A to point B? Like, I don't know. And then what, then we get home and then what do I do? Right. I'm supposed yeah. to keep this thing alive. Like, yeah, you're so anxious that to, to do that. Totally. And then like, you can't relax. And 
yeah, I like, I just couldn't relax. Like I couldn't sit down. I couldn't like turn my brain off. Mm -hmm. I was so nervous about my baby, but then also like, I didn't want to be with my baby. Mm -hmm. Like it was, I just, I didn't never got to like sit with Bennett. Yeah. Be with her versus like my second, I was in such a better mental state. My body was a hot mess, but I was in such a better mental state that I had, there were so many times where I just like sat Carter. Yeah. It was like, look at her. That's such a good way of putting, of describing post, like the way I felt too in postpartum is like, you're so like a busy body, like couldn't relax. Like, oh, like even if it was like a de- like, you know, he was taking like a 20 minute nap. Like I was like cleaning the kitchen or, you know, just like it, you're, it is so hard. I think with your first, when you're in that fog and you have, you are have some sort of, you know, postpartum symptoms, it's so hard to just really enjoy and like be with your baby because you're constantly worried about like the next thing, the next feed, the next nap. Like that's how it's been for me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I like, there were multiple times where like Bobby was like, you never did this with Bennett. Like when I was with Carter, he was just like, you never sat with her. You didn't look at her like this. And it was like, I didn't know what I was doing. Totally. Yeah. Now I look at it like googly eyes. <laughs> so um, tell me a little bit about your, this kind of dovetails into just like your postpartum experience with your first. And then I remember right before you had Carter, we were on one of our um, college bestie Zooms and you were telling us about just like how you were more prepared this time. Like you were basically getting your team in place and like I already think about that for myself for my next so like what do you feel like you did to prepare for your second so you wouldn't end up in the same mental state that you did for for Bennett yeah um I think I was so nervous about being in the mental state that I was in after Bennett while having Bennett as Mm -hmm. well I think Mm -hmm. I was so and Bobby was really nervous about it I think he wouldn't he didn't voice it as much because I think he knew that it was making me nervous. But afterward, when I was like much better, we had, we like talked a lot about it because he was like, I was really nervous about like, I mean, we were talking about like, who's going to come over and do Bennett's hair because if I'm like not able to do it, yeah, like who, you know, just like little stuff because we were like prepared for like me to like not be good. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we I was not <laughs> for Bennett. And so like to think about doing that with all, with a three-year-old. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, postpartum with Bennett was just like terrible until like week eight when I like found a mom's group and I found this like mom's group through the hospital. It was just somewhere to go mm-hmm. and like meet people and like be able to like be vulnerable with people who are like going through the same stuff around the same time. Um, but I think with Carter, I was just like, I, I know I need help. So like we got a night nurse, like we got food delivered. I made some frozen stuff before, like, and I mean, I I don't think I cooked after Bennett for, I couldn't even tell you, but like, I like cooked like, five days after I had Carter like I was just it was just like so different I didn't feel like as um paralyzed Mm -hmm. by it um I could like 
do different things while putting my kid down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just like, I mean, and mind you, right when we had Carter, we were leveling our house. Then we did oh, the yeah. and like here you go, round two. You you were doing a move as well. <laughs> but like, we were doing all this stuff, and like I think that Bobby was extra nervous that like that was going to be it, and I was just kind of like. I just need to go with the flow, which is like very not my thing. But I was just like, this is, I can't do anything about it. And like, we're going to make it work. And we did. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely an interesting time. So from a preparation, like it even sounds like you were able to like everything from making food, which I feel the same with, with Maddox. Like, I don't think I even... Pat still is cooking. Like I haven't even got there yet. Well, I'm like where I'm like <laughs> excited and like have the headspace to make dinner. <laughs> Maybe it's because he's on paternity leave and I like just <laughs> like, all right, I'm the working one now. You take care of it. But yeah, everything from like feeling prepared, even from like a meal perspective to like coming up with a plan with your partner of like, okay, if I'm out of commission, like we have to have these conversations and like come up with like a plan B if like I'm not able to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Well, just, I think we, we needed to plan for the worst and we hope for the best and thankfully the best. Yeah. Um, because while like my body bounced back way faster with Bennett and easier, my mind was so out of the loop yeah this time my body was a hot mess but my mind was there and I would choose mind you can fix your body like yeah so totally um okay I did want to I wanted to talk to you about um your relationship with your body after because I do feel like you well I undergoing a c-section is just I still like thinking hard enough about it just like I have so much just like respect for anyone who can go through that like I even the natural birth was traumatic so to have that and to have to stay in the hospital that much longer and have to figure out how to breastfeed and I it's just your I mean it is a major surgery like you said so one thing you have recently posted about and were really like open about was just feeling like you were getting back to like the being in this body that you knew and like getting back into a, a shape and feeling good in your own skin that like you, that you wanted to. And it, like you said, it was easier with Bennett, harder with Carter. So like, what do you think after kind of going through it twice and kind of going on this health journey your second time, what do you think changes? Um, and what is harder about it after you have a baby? Um, well, I mean, your available time changes. Totally. (laughs) I think you really have to put yourself first and you need to be, you need to have a partner that will also allow you to do that. Um, that is critical. And then I think you, you just like need to want it because like I looked in the mirror for like three months after I had three and a half, I mean, closer to four and a half after I had Carter. And I was like, who is this? Mm. Like I still looked six months pregnant and I felt, I just like didn't know who I saw. And I understand I like made a human, but like that doesn't make that any easier. So like I really, really wanted it. My mom was 
gracious enough to help me with the trainer. Yeah. And I'm so, so grateful. So grateful. Because it, like, really helped kick kick it into shape. Bobby was super supportive. I totally, like, changed my whole outlook on, like, food and working out and everything. Mm. Like, it's It's been it's been great and totally like a lifestyle change. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for Bennett, I was just lucky. Yeah. Like I I didn't do anything in particular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this time, and I also think it was partially this time, like I just got big fast. Mm. And I think just like what they say about your second, right? Like, yeah. Fast. And so my body, like I had, I still have diastasis recti. So like my abs are still separated, but like, I didn't have that with Bennett. So like there were just some other things that happened this time around that I was like, oh. And then what is it about your relationship with food, your body working out that you feel like you just mentioned, like you has changed? Like, is it an appreciation? Is it um, more of like a a calmness? Like, what is it? it? Yeah, it's more like, I don't think about it. Mm. I kind of I just like know what good food is yeah and like I just have it in the house and I think I've mostly been working from home so like just making sure you have stuff that you can like grab and eat and like yeah and I think the other thing is is like you can eat and you can really feel full like you can never like if if you're smart about like how you eat and what you eat then like you don't you don't feel the need to like grab a snack or yeah. What like whatever it is, and and so I think that that's just been really helpful to like just like prep before and just like be done with it mm-hmm. and know what you're grabbing. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Um, I, it this is making me think of our Peloton chain that we're on. <laughs> that we're on. <laughs> And Dre, I feel like it's been a little bit stagnant lately. So I'm wondering, have you have you been Pelotoning? <laughs> I mean, it's honestly all I do. Okay, great. Okay. I didn't know if it was still part of your regime. <laughs> no. I'm pretty I pretty much do, but I mostly do strength. Oh, okay. Got I it. do less bike. I do yeah. I just did like a I'll do a bike boot camp. I did like a bike in arms. Yeah. But I'm definitely more on strength. I think what the program helped me with, like that I did this like program with food and all of that was like, you don't have to sweat to like see change. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so like, it just kind of like cardio after cardio after cardio, like, yeah, doesn't really do anything. Yeah. So like, but like a 10 minute cardio burst could like really make an impact. Yeah. So I think it just like changed. So like, I don't know. I used to do like 30 minute yeah. rides or 45 minute rides and be like, oh, I worked out. I'm like so sweaty. Yeah. Um, but now I like, I'll do a 20 minute like lower body and a 10 minute upper body. And like, I yeah. just kind of, it's a match. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, yes, I Peloton yeah. most days. I actually meant to text the group. They did a great throwback um, country boot camp. Ooh, country. I think it was literally the day that Odds had her baby. So uh, I was like, probably not the right time to text about working out. Totally. It's going to uh, take her a minute. Yeah. Yeah. But it was great. It was like Shania Twain and Faith Hill. It was awesome. 
<laughs> I love it. You know, as you're talking, it's making me think of um, one thing I've learned postpartum with like relationship with your body and working out is is a bit what you touched on is just like you have like you you don't have as much time as you do without babies <laughs> and oh. you have to not be hard on yourself or if you only have 20 minutes like that's okay and mm-hmm. um I feel like yeah that's been like the biggest thing is especially now with going back to work and um you know obviously having the baby like having Maddox like there might not be there's just not that many hours in a day so I think as a first-time mom like what I would have wanted to tell myself is like, it's okay if you're not getting, like you just said, like your 30, 45 minute long workouts, like it's okay if you just can fit in like 10, 15, 20 minutes of something that day, like pat yourself on the back. And like foam rolling and yeah. just like taking care of your body. Because yeah. I also think like when you hold a baby, you're so awkward and like, yeah. then you hold it, you hold the baby on one side and then you're trying to breastfeed and then you're trying to pump. And it's like, yeah. everything is so uncomfortable. You're all like yeah. misaligned. And so it's yeah. like, you need to like take care of yourself. Yeah. Easier so said that. But. So true. Okay. So of course I want to talk to you about breastfeeding and pumping because as you, like, as anyone who's listened to this podcast before knows that I will bring it up every single episode with every single person I talk, every single mama I have a hard heart with, because like, you know, it is one of the, it's the hardest thing. And the thing that took me by most surprise as a first time mom, just how, how difficult and how not romantical it it was. <laughs> like I thought it was going to be rainbows and sunshine all the time. And it for sure has, has not been like that all the time. Sometimes yes, but not all the time. So can we just start? And even for my own refresher, because I, I texted you like three months in and was like, because I knew about a little bit about your own journey. You need to refresh my memory though. I remember being like, this is really hard. And I remember you saying like, you have to do, ultimately you have to do what's best for you. So tell us about, and tell us about your first and second time with Bennett and then your decision for Carter and how just feeding your baby period has been. Yep. Um, so for Bennett, I was really focused on making sure she got a bottle and for Carter, but making sure they both got bottles in the hospital because I knew that if they didn't take a bottle, Bobby couldn't help. So Mm -hmm. that was number one. Um, that was a goal, like, because I also know, like, I needed to sleep, and Bobby didn't, Dobby doesn't need as much sleep, so, like, I just knew that, like, in order for him to be able to help, like, the kid needed to take a bottle, so that was number one. Um, That's such a good point, by the way, like, as a first-time mom, I would have never thought about that, but it's so important to be able to, like, have your partner be, like, in it with you. I remember Bobby was like, why, and I was like, because if they don't, if the kid doesn't take a bottle, you can't feed the kid. And he's yeah. Like, right. Um, so anyway, so that was like number one. But I also, with Bennett, it was harder. I like try, I did try. I had like lactation consultants. I oh, like yeah. a nipple shield. Oh yeah, um, me too. But I would, I would breastfeed Bennett. Or think that I was breastfeeding her. I have no idea what she got. I would watch her swallow. And then she would proceed to scream. And Bobby was like, she's hungry. And I was like, no, she's not hungry. She just ate for 45 minutes. Like, she can't be hungry. And then Bobby would, like, feed her, like, an extra two or three ounces. And she'd be like, hey. She'd be, like, so happy. So 
And I was like, okay, like something's not right. So I like went back to the lactation consultant like two or three more times, did all this stuff. Of course, you know, Bennett was like an angel and like did everything right. And it like felt great, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, totally not what was happening. Um, yeah, I had a lactation consultant come to the house and then I went to lactation consultant like once or twice. And then like I had a lactation consultant at like the mom's group. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was awful. So then, so then I was like trying to breastfeed and then I would pump afterwards. So I like had enough milk, but then I was also like so crazed about like keeping up my milk supply so that like it would keep up with her, with her appetite. But then like the first time when we intro introduced like, uh, one bottle of formula, cause we introduced like the, the nighttime bottle was formula. Cause that mm-hmm. like takes longer to, for them to digest. So she would sleep longer. It was like an immediate switch. And I was like, why didn't I do this earlier? Yeah. And then I like did it again for the next one. And I was like, why didn't I do this earlier? But like you have that like such mom guilt. So by the end of all of that, I ended up, I ended up pumping, I think four times a day. Okay. Um, but I like breastfed her just because like I wanted to like breastfeed. Yeah. And she was kind of into it um yeah. in the mornings. So like she would get up, I would like breastfeed or mm-hmm. who knows, maybe I probably yeah. remember, but I would like pump and then I would breastfeed and then yeah. who knows, I would pump again or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then I love how now you're like, oh, I would just do this. And, and like me in the well, moment. I, I yeah. think like at the end, so I like pumped for, she was born in July. I pumped, th- I think through January. Okay. And then I weaned, but I think in the whole time, cause I like always tracked That's her That's a long time. I, July but I think, January. Yeah. I think I, um, in all of it, I like pumped or breastfed for like a full week, like a total. It was Can like. You count the hours. Yeah, it was like an hour. Yeah, it was a full week or something. It was something like insane. And I'm sure people like, but for the people that it's easy, I'm sure they don't track it. But yeah, um, it was never easy. I for still me. do my, I still time my feeds, which is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it was never easy for me. It was awful. Um, yeah. And I also think Bennett wasn't getting enough because she was so small. And then, and then I, we started but like in January it was full formula and food and she like skyrocketed. Yeah. But it was like all in my head. Mm-hmm. There is so awful. much pressure, especially your first to feel like you have to breastfeed. That's the like you're, you're ingrained. Like that's the right way. Like that's what yeah. you should do. And then you carry all this guilt if it doesn't work or it's not as, as fun as you thought it would be, you know, it's not fun. It's a major roller coaster. No, it was, it was like so awful. Grace and Frankie, the show like got me through my breastfeeding journey, oh. um, which was terrible. And then with Carter, I was like, okay, I'm going to go in with an open mind. I'm going to like try to see maybe it'll be easier this time. Cause like I've heard my sister actually was someone who like had a really terrible time the first time. And then the second time was like able to breastfeed. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, like I'll see if I can do it. Literally tried in the hospital. We're going across the Golden Gate Bridge home. And I was like, nope, gonna pump. Didn't even try. I was like, I need my sanity. I need, I was like, I need to know that like, these are the times that I'm going to pump. My kid's going to be fed. And like, if it's formula, fine. And then like with, with us like remodeling and moving, I knew that I wanted to pump because I wanted to have enough milk for her to, for her to have my breast milk through like three months. Yeah. But I also knew that I needed to wean before we moved 
So I think just because like mentally I was like, I can't have to pump while we're trying to move and all of that. And so I think I weaned at like eight weeks, Mm -hmm. maybe even less than that, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. because I was like, I can't deal. And it was like mentally it was, it was the right move for me. Yeah. But it was like, I knew immediately I was like, this is not going to work for me. Yeah. I also think that it helped a ton with Bennett. Bennett could help me. Bennett could, Bennett could be with me. When I pumped, Bennett yeah. could hold the bottle for Carter. And it wasn't like I had to do this thing and I was the only person who could so do sweet. it. Yeah. Um, so I think in retrospect, like I didn't realize that that was going to be an added benefit, but I think it really helped that it, that wasn't like the time that I was like sequestered from Bennett because like I had yeah. to feed Carter. Yeah. That's such a good and interesting point. When you have your a second, you have your first right there. And yeah, breastfeeding is like it takes a long time at first. So to for you to have to like go in your nursery or in Carter's room and like be there for 45 minutes while Bennett just hung like that wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, no, it was it was totally the right move for us. So after going through both and having the experience that you did, what would you tell? a first time mom when it comes to feeding their baby? Man, it's so hard because you're so, you just feel guilty regardless. Like you're just like, this is something I should be able to do and I can't do it and no one's happy and we're all crazy and like Mm -hmm. the baby's screaming and and they feel feel your tension. So it doesn't help and like your posture and you're like, they feel it. But like, just like know whatever, like fed babies are like, just feed your baby however it works and like they will be happy and they will still love you like it's so hard but like the baby doesn't know and like what's best for you for you to be like for you to be mentally there and like able to be there for your child is so much more important than you breastfeeding your child yeah and like Mm -hmm. it is so challenging to to hear that and think that in the moment because you feel like a failure Mm -hmm. but Like, you're not a failure and, like, your baby will be happy and they will love you. Yeah. Oh, such good advice, Dre. It reminds me of when, and I hope she'll listen to this, but when Alexis came to visit me, she brought Berkeley with her. And I was in the thick, it was probably right around when I was texting you, like, this is really, really hard. Oh, my God. And... Uh, we were sitting in our backyard and I was crying probably at like Maddox didn't eat as like good as I wanted him to, you know, whatever it was. And Berkeley was really small when she was born. So, you know, there was like that, like uh, that she, we, we could relate on and Berkeley was there and I was crying and she's like, what's going on? You know, poor thing. And Alexis is like, Berkeley, um, do you remember getting formula when you were little? <laughs> <laughs> And Berkeley's like, what's formula? Like, <laughs> and so it's just like, it's such an unlock of like exactly what you said. Like your baby's going to love you no matter how you feed them. <laughs> they're like going to have no idea and they're yep. going to be fine. And like any baby formula is going to be fine. Like we got one. I just, I knew I wanted a baby formula where like if I was in a pinch, I could get it at the drugstore. Yeah. And I'm like so sad for families right now with the shortage but like that was the overall idea of it um the I I, yeah I just I just wanted it to be easy yeah so important right and such good advice um 
One other thing on breastfeeding and pumping is actually more of a deep dive on pumping because it was something that I just had, it was so intimidating to me at first and no one educates you on pumping. Like you have to figure it out yourself. Like the amount of flanges I have, first of all, a flange, no one knows, how do you know what a flange is until you have a baby? I have probably... 20 sets of flanges in my cupboard because I got the 17 and the 15 and the 18 and the 19 and the 20 and the 22 and the 24 and I like it's absurd and then I got silicone ones and I had the standard plastic ones but then I have to have the adapter for the silicone like it is unbelievable I even bought a ruler it's probably in my closet here to measure my nipple size okay like literally like a circle stencil so it's amazing like someday I want to teach a class on pumping and you probably could too, because you did it so much, <laughs> but how, like, like, where does one start when it comes to pumping? Like, did you teach yourself like I did? Like, how did you, how did you know what size flange have. to get? <laughs> I don't, I think I pumped with Bennett. I pumped in the hospital. Okay. And harder, I pumped in the hospital. So, so I someone guess, must have been in there and been like, this is how you do it. I think so. I think so. I mean, with Carter, I knew how to do it, obviously. But, right. like, with Bennett, I must have. Because I, I definitely did. Because we, we even brought, like, a hospital-grade pump home with Bennett. Okay. Um. Yeah, so they must have told me in the hospital. Because they brought, like, a whole thing. Like, a, like brought the flanges and everything. Got it. Um, yeah, so I'm sure I was like, huh? Um. But, but yeah, I mean, pumping is a trip. You yeah. really feel like a cow. You really do. <laughs> yeah. You hook up a machine to you and you just watch the milk come out. I mean, it's crazy. Well, and I had a hard time. I was, I would just like leak and then it, I was so, it was, a yeah, it was not good. Yeah, I would say the like definitely pumping, there was a learning curve. I was really scared at first. Um. So anyways, if anyone out there listening is a first time pumper, just please reach out to me. We can talk about it because there's lots of gadgets and it's also not always easy. Like you get different amounts a lot of the time. And if you only get like two ounces, you get really down on yourself and you're like, what, like, why didn't I have a better pump session? And it's like, kind of like your body's going to do what it's going to do. And you just have to trust it. Well, and like with Carter, I was like, I had all these like big plans why I have no idea but I was like I'm gonna get a hands-free pump because like I'm gonna be out and I'm gonna need to pump yeah and I'm gonna pull out this hands-free pump and like pump at a coffee shop <laughs> like who what who in who, what was I thinking mind you I used that one time I promptly sold it after and I was like hell no like this is no I yeah. I don't I don't even know what I was thinking like the fact I don't know it just like is so silly to me that yeah. I like spent all this money on a hands-free pump when like yeah what? well you as a first-time mom you really convince yourself that you need things or even second time this like was you, the second time. Yeah, this was you, me you, in the second time I was like I was like I've got this I'm gonna be yeah. a hands-free pumper yeah yeah, you do convince yourself that, like, you need to buy that X product and able, you know, to, like, achieve your vision or whatever it's going to be. See what I wasn't was a 
what was a hands-free pumper. <laughs> well, I will say, speaking of my hand-me-downs, which I mentioned, I use a lot of those Medela bottles that you gave me still. Oh, God. Yeah. Do you need any other bottles? Because I have Advent bottles. Advent. Oh, bottles. yeah. So you guys, Dre is just constantly giving me stuff. <laughs> I still have that maternity dress for you. Yay. Oh, I actually, I have another chair I'll send to you if you want. <laughs> like, I'll show it to you if you want it. See, you guys are witnessing the amount. It's like every every time we chat, I get a new item. <laughs> well, this is also how I knew I wasn't going to... I, we were done having kids because I've like been aggressively giving away things <laughs> totally to Gina's benefit. <laughs> okay. So my last topic, um, and thanks for, I feel like that was, um, what we all needed to hear about feeding your baby. Um, my last topic I wrote down for you, which we touched on before we started recording, um, which, um, is going back to work. And, you know, I've seen you get a new job after having a baby. I've seen you like, you know, one of your companies got by, like you've really just been on a journey. I feel like with, you know, being a working mom and having babies and, um, I am right now, I feel like I'm in a spot where it's like, you're not, especially when you first go back, you're like not a hundred percent at work and you're not a hundred percent in mom mode because you're trying to go back, get your head back on straight with work. But then you're also still trying to like come off maternity leave and like be like with your baby, you know, a present fully there mom. And so I feel like I'm kind of getting a B in both things right now. And so I'm curious, um, for you now that you've gone through it twice, um, what, like, how, how do you balance mom life and work life? Yeah, I think it was two totally different experiences for me. So I think with Bennett, I was really ready to go back. I wanted adult interaction. I wanted to be in the office again. I was just like ready to have that separation because I had had such a hard time. I was ready to like feel like myself again and use my brain. Um, so I think that transition, while like a little bumpy, like getting my feet back in, like working and like my mind definitely wasn't like 100% in like what I could remember and how fast I could speak and that type of stuff. Um, but like with Carter, I had, um, I just like, I, I think my, my mentally I was so much better Yeah. that like I... I didn't, me going back, like I didn't have that pull because I felt mm-hmm. that I was like getting that and I didn't want to be away from her. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just wanted to be like present and be there and all of that. And so like, I think it was just totally different, but I think also like I, I was just tell, talking to Bobby about this too. Like I don't identify myself by my career. Mm-hmm. Like I identify myself as a mother, mm-hmm. as a partner, as a friend, like, I'm not like, I'm a recruiter. Like I'm yeah. a, like, while I like, I like my job and it's fulfilling, but yeah. like, that's not what drives me. And I'm like, I'm going to be an individual contributor. Like, I don't want to manage. I just want to like, be able to get my stuff done when I get my stuff done. And I I don't have like the career aspiration that I thought I once did. And I think that piece was pretty surprising to me. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like, like having kids had kind of affected that 
Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I want to be available for my kids. I want, I want to show them that like I work and and all of that. And like talk to Bennett a lot about that. Um, but like a hundred percent. Yeah. Because I want to be present in their lives. I don't, I don't want work to pull me. I want to be able to go to things like I, I just want like, I want to be fulfilled, but I also want to be like present. Mm-hmm. How do you set boundaries with like, okay, especially working from home too. It's like you have your, you know, your work hours and then you have like your mom hours. I know Carter's been joining you on some calls recently, <laughs> but how do you create some of those boundaries to be able to be present when you need to be in both spots? Yeah, it's been hard with the, with the pandemic because like I've had the kids home a lot um, and they've had to join me on calls because I like can't take that much time off. So it's just like, I put everything in my calendar and like what, if they're home, it's like here and Bobby and I like try to divide and conquer. It's like, here are the hours that I'm going to be able to work. Here's when I'm going to have the kids. And like, I do a lot after bedtime and like, that's just what needs to happen. But like, I, yeah. I, I think it's, it's challenging, but like I have drop off on my calendar. I have pickup on my calendar. I have like family time from 4.30 yeah. to 7.30 on my calendar. I have drop off from 7.30 to 8.30 on my calendar. Like I, I'm very loud about it. Yeah. You have to set clear expectations. Yeah. 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 I've noticed, you know, being back that like, I think we're all just doing the best that we can. Like when it, at work, like I work with a lot of moms too. And you know, like there's a lot of days where like my nanny's out sick, like I don't have childcare and like we just have to support each other. And like, I feel like that's kind of the like way we're living right now. Yep. Yeah. And I don't, um, I, I don't work with a lot of other parents. So like, I think that's been like the biggest, the biggest challenge. Yeah. 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 Like no, no one else on my immediate team has kids. Yeah. Like I think at the company now we prop now we have more parents. Mm-hmm. But like when I joined, I th- I was like one of three. Yeah. Who had kids? So like yeah, it's also just like educating what having a child means like right now too. And like totally, it's crazy because we're still we're two and a half years into this, but like starting in January it was Omicron again, and then the two, two these past two weeks I had a kid home every day last week. Yeah. Like, I know. It feels like it's a major spike right now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like it, it just being a parent. And I think that's part of like my, like why I'm not finding motivation is because I'm just burnt out. Mm-hmm. Totally. I'm just burnt out. And like, yeah. I just want to be, mm-hmm. and like, I can't be. And I, I was even saying with like moving into the renovation, like my brother-in-law was over on Sunday and he yeah. was like, How's it been? and I was like, it's been awesome, but I haven't had a chance to just like be and like really relish in the fact that like we did this and this yeah. is this beautiful remodel because I've just been going. Yeah. And like, I just, I just kind of feel like a little, a hamster wheelie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. And I mean, with, with the amount that like you're fitting in between the work day and the girls and yeah, and, like, taking care of myself and like, yes making sure Bobby and I have time together and like making sure I can see my girlfriends and like, it's a lot. And, and it's all things I want to do and I want to make time for it. 
So like, it's important to do, but it's just a lot. Yeah, totally. Well, Dre, um, I so appreciate you being vulnerable and letting me interview you. Um, and I'm so been, grateful that you wanted to interview me. Yeah, I just, I mean, obviously we know each other so well, but I think it's, you know, just to hold the space and the time to just have a, have a talk about what it's like being in the trenches of some of this stuff, um, I think not only helps me, which is why I'm doing this, but hopefully will help other people too. Um, so we're going to end on the three questions that I ask every guest. Um, and I can't, I don't think I sent them to you. And if you haven't listened to an episode, you, <laughs> you might not know them. So, but they're short and sweet. Um, and just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. So what is one thing that took you by surprise or you feel like no one ever talked about that you learned was part of being a new mom? I think, well, (laughs) okay. Um, When breastfeeding one side, the other side leaks. (laughs) Such a good one. But like you need to get a milk because you have a letdown. Yeah, I didn't know what a letdown was before. <laughs> and letdowns can really effing hurt. I've heard so that like, too. Yeah. When I every time I had a letdown, it felt like little needles in my boobs. Uh huh. Uh, I've heard that. Yeah, the tingling. Oh, um, it was awful. Like I'd literally have to breathe through it and like press my boobs. Like it was it was terrible. And so yeah, at, when you're breastfeeding one side, that like you you can get a milk catcher yep. because yep. you don't uh-huh. want that. You don't want that golden juice gone. <laughs> that is such a good little tiny surprise thing that new moms don't know. No, I personally, I never leaked. So like, except maybe like one time. And I thought that meant you had low supply, but apparently it doesn't. It means that like some people's like little literal breast muscles are like, I don't know, different than others. And so all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all the time and when I was in the shower I could like spray yeah <laughs> yeah well is that that's why you gave me the ta-ta towels right yeah. God, that, that is that was a game changer for me second time around <laughs> tell really? everyone what a ta-ta towel is a ta-ta towel is is essentially when you get out of the shower it can hold your boobs and like help you from not leaking all over the place and it it just I mean, I'm not sure that's, like, I actually know that's technically not what it's for. But, like, I think it's to, like, I don't know, help your boobs not sweat or something or, like, dry your boobs. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. But I used it for, like, a boob-catching um, milk supply situation. And it was it. amazing. <laughs> I love and it. And I proceeded to get my friends chocolate cups. <laughs> Okay, second question is take yourself back to the early days of your first baby of Bennett. (laughs) (laughs) No thanks. thanks. Okay, but for real, if you could give yourself one piece of advice to that first time mom version of you, what would it be? I, I mean, don't be so hard on yourself. Feed your baby, like give your baby formula if it makes you more sane. Like it's okay. Oh, I just like, I think about that time in my life and like, I get so sad for that person. Oh, yeah. I, 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 like, it was just awful. Yeah. 
Oh, Dre, I mean, but look how far you've come and look how you use that experience to then change your second experience. Totally. And I'm so grateful for it. But yeah. oh, it was I, I would like count the ounces that were. Oh, in yeah. Like. I was so crazed about it. Yeah. The whole thing. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. And like Bobby like spilled a few milk. Like, I mean, and I was a crazy person. Yeah. Oh, then there's nothing worse than spilling. And I, I mean, Pat don't once spilled milk, like, uh, hello, yeah. terrible. Uh, recently, terrible. it is crazy what can ha- like over, like what can come over you when you're in that headspace. Like I, I completely relate. And like recently Pat gave um, Maddox what I call the nighttime bottle because it was the milk that I pumped at night. And so I've com- brainwashed myself that that's the only milk that I can give Maddox at night is the nighttime milk that I pumped the night before. Crazy person. And he gave it to Maddox at like 10 a.m. and I lost it. Like that's what this, like that's what this stuff, like being a new mom can really get to your head. Yeah, it's like so. you're just so out of sorts. Yeah. That like anything can set you off and you have no idea what it's going to be. Yeah, totally. Totally. So if that's happening to you out there, know that you're not alone and you're normal and it's going to pass. <laughs> okay. Last question. And then we're off. I got a pump and you've got to go to bed. <laughs> Honestly. If you could sum up motherhood in one word or phrase, what would it be? It feels like no time and a lifetime. Yeah, it just, it's the best and the worst. It's like challenges you, but is so rewarding. But it just feels like you haven't had any time with them. And then it feels like they've been there forever. Ugh, Dre, so good. It's all so true. So good. So such a good way to end. Yeah, thanks, love. Thanks, my friend. I so appreciate you. And I love you so much. I love you too. Thank you for doing this. I can't wait to listen to all of them. (laughs) All right. Bye guys. See you on the next episode of Mama to Mamas. Bye.